you're listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast, where you'll learn step-by-step how to meet and seduce beautiful women, whether you're looking for one night of fun, a week-long fling, or a long-term relationship. I'm your host, Trip, and the episode starts now. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the How to Talk to Girls podcast. I'm your host, Trip Kramer from tripadvice.com. Man, I'm excited for this episode. I'm excited for you. And I'll tell you why. Because I have a guest on who I haven't had on in a few years. And shame on me because she is just a bucket of information and all really practical stuff that you can use today. Isn't that fun when you get techniques and you get things that you can use that are very simple and powerful and easy to understand. This is what this interview is. Basically, I did a call with Susan Braddon and she is an intimacy expert. I've known her for a while now and she is just giving you every step-by-step move to make a woman's sexual experience so amazing for her that this woman is going to come back to you over and over again. It's going to be fun for you, fun for her. And even I learned some crazy stuff in this interview, stuff I've never even heard of before. And again, very powerful because she's giving you all this stuff on what to do. I highly recommend you take notes, whether it's on your phone or even if you're writing it down, whatever way you do this, I suggest this is one of those episodes where you got to do it. Hopefully, you're doing it for a lot of episodes, but this is one where you're going to want to kind of note, maybe even put down a timestamp in your notes so you know to come back to a certain minute so you can hear again how exactly step-by-step to turn a woman on. And also, what we're talking about here and the kind of overall theme of this episode is dominance. So how to become a more dominant man, a more confident man, more secure, so you can really embody this masculine presence that gets women attracted and makes you feel more secure in yourself. And that's applied in sex. It's applied in your everyday life. In this episode, we're talking a little bit more about how it's applied to sex, but even the practices here in terms of being secure, being confident, can completely translate to many areas of your life. So again, powerful interview here. Take notes. Get ready. Here it is, my interview with Susan Braddon on how to take her to orgasmic bliss. Susan Braden, so good to have you back on the show. How are you doing? I am absolutely outstandingly fantastic. Oh my gosh, that's no, really, so really, good. really good. Like the best I've maybe ever been in my life. You right are, you moment. are glowing. Oh, <laughs> good because I, I feel like it should be radiating out of me. How awesome everything's going! <laughs> this is so cool. So we've known each other for a while now, uh, pretty much since the beginning of. My coaching, which has been around nine years, and you're an intimacy expert. You always have been. You know a lot. When we were emailing each other about you coming back on, you had a a long list of different things you could talk about. And I was so impressed. I went through every single one. I go, what do I want? What do I want to learn? I know that the guys want to learn a bunch of stuff, but I want to know... I want to see what is something that I want to learn from you. And one thing that stuck out, because it's something that I teach also, and you can't get enough information, is dominance. Dominance in a relationship, dominance in dating, dominance in the bedroom. And I think that you would just speak so well to it. So that's what we're talking about today. 
Yeah, I'm glad you picked that. It's uh, one of those topics, ravishing her with your masculine dominance. You know, you have to say it with a very deep voice. (laughs) It's one that most people shy away from, frankly, Tripp. So I love to talk about it because I personally love to be dominated in a very specific way that I think is actually right smack dab in the middle of the bell curve of what women want. I think I'm super normal, actually. I think there's a lot of fringy stuff that some people like, but I like to go smack dab in the middle of what most people like. Though I can talk about anything, my world is supporting people who are in monogamous long-term relationships, who are heterosexual. Not that I don't speak for the gender spectrum and don't have lots of advice and experience in open relationship and consensual non-monogamy and all those things. What I find is Often the most helpful thing is when you're teaching someone how to do something, that you're giving them enough skills that they can get better and better and better with the lover that they have. Because most people aren't like having sex with 25 or 30 people or, you know, I mean... Some people would like to do that. They might do that over many years, but mostly people are looking for how do they satisfy the person they have right now. (laughs) And if you can't do that with one person, how are you going to do that with 25 people? Yes. Right? So it all starts with one, no matter what kind of relationship you're looking for. And, And another thing I want to talk about regarding dominance is I feel like a lot of guys struggle in this area. Yes. And I've, I've tried to analyze why. Like, why, why is this such a tough thing? Why are guys asking this question so much? It's hard to be dominant or it's hard to be assertive. And again, not just in bedroom, like everything. Bedroom, dating, relationship, all of it. And my theory is that it comes from a fear of rejection. Is if you put yourself out there, if you do something that's a little bit more assertive, a little bit more dominant, then it's a little bit more vulnerable. Hence, you have the opportunity to get rejected. And who wants to get rejected, right? No one wants to go through that at all. So I figure maybe we can even speak to that a little bit and help men understand that women do like this and that you have to at least try or maybe you have some ideas of how a guy can try without fearing the rejection part. Yeah, well, I want to answer that specifically since you brought it up. And that is... When you do something, and it could be anything, it doesn't have to be you know, being more masculine forward. Whenever you do anything that triggers someone or makes them pull back, the first thing that I want you to do is not take it personally because it's not about you. It was about their experience of you. So you're better off instead of taking it as rejection, transforming it into an opportunity to understand that person better. And so all you have to do is say, oh, hey, no worries. You know, I was just trying that out to see how how it worked. And if it wasn't right for you, give me some feedback on what could have made it land better for you. I think if you just make those, then you're still in a dominant role because you're controlling the frame. You're still yeah. saying, hey, it's no big deal. It doesn't rock my world when something doesn't go right. I get curious about why that happened. It's a learning opportunity for me to become a better man. And when you come into it with that mindset, I think it just kind of shifts everything. Don't be afraid of contraction or reaction. Embrace contraction and reaction as feedback doesn't mean you fail. Feedback gives you the information to become better. Right. And that's pure confidence right there. So let's say, for example, you get rejected when you go for a kiss 
right? There is a very weak and secure way to react to that. And then there's a very dominant, confident way to react to that. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, and what is the dominant, confident way to react to it? Right. So if you're going for a kiss, and this is this is what I say to guys. I say, if she rejects you, you don't say, did I do something wrong? Is everything okay? Like, are you not comfortable? You just say, I totally understand. You're not ready yet. That's it. Move on. Don't talk about it anymore. Continue the conversation or say goodnight if you're going to do that. That's okay. You're not ready yet. I understand you're not ready yet. Boom. That says to the woman, she's safe. Yeah. Right? You're not going to force anything. You're not going to be too intense with her. And you're not also... And kind of connected to what you said, it's not digging at your self-esteem. You're not like, oh my God, I got rejected. It didn't work out, right? You are secure in who you are. So you understand that it's not about you, like you just said, but that person's not ready yet. And you can actually verbalize that. So that's just one example in terms of rejection. A lot of guys will will not even go for the kiss because they are just so afraid of that one moment. So There's another thing too. I think rejection is a part of it, but I also think that there's so many other factors that make men fearful about having that masculine leadership. Oh yeah, let's hear Um, these. One of them is raised by moms, not enough dad. Another one is just the whole concern about being thought that you're too pushy or you're too forward or you're trying to manipulate. So there's a lack of I'm enough or I deserve in that fear. There's another issue, which is sexual shame. And that is because our society, and especially if you've been raised in a religious environment or in a home that's very stoic and unloving and untouching, where you've had no good models, which is most people, you come into your sexuality with a high degree of shame for the amount of desire that you have because most women have no idea how horny guys are. They're not testosterone dominant. And so men walk around. Some men ask me at 80 and 90 years old, if there's any way, anything they could take that would kill their libido because I'm a libido expert. And I, you know, I'm like, no, no, unfortunately, you're going to be a horn dog till the day you die. And actually, that's a signal of good health, right? But because women don't understand that because we're hormonally cyclical, so we get horny and it ebbs and flows. We don't understand that like, uh, 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 driving the need to, you know, like have an ejaculatory experience. <laughs> So because of that, women have made us feel guilty, religion, our society, our families. We've maybe been shamed by other women, other girlfriends. We've had shame in the past. You know, there's a lot of those kinds of things that also really shut down a guy's feeling that it's okay to like take her into a level of surrender and pleasure she's never had. They desire it, but number one, they're afraid to screw something up and upset somebody. like, And that's legitimate because if you don't have enough of the tools, like not everybody knows Susan Bratton and, and Trip Kramer. So <laughs> you know, how do you, how do you get the information to do a good job? Watching porn is not the way to do it because it really only is appealing to the masculine. The way that pornography is designed, it's designed for men for the most part. And so it's giving guys what they want 
but it doesn't show you what women want. So that's why I love that we're going to talk about how to ravish a woman, because I'm going to give you that real mainstream, super safe way to establish dominance in a way that won't backfire on you. And you said the exact right thing. I'm completely in line with you, Trip. And that was, you said, trust. Establish the trust. Because the interesting thing about desire, because our goal here is to come her better than she's ever come before, right? Like for her to be, do that to me again the next time we have sex. Like you want her to be thinking about how hot it was with you. And so how do we get there? Well, all that hotness is sitting on top of a foundation of safety and trust. So the very first step to all the sexiness that you're going to that we're going to get into on this conversation is really starting with how do you create comfort for her so she knows that number 1 you're not going to do anything she doesn't want to do. And number two, every response she has is perfect exactly as it is and doesn't make you contract. So you can hold all the energy for her to relax into her complete spontaneous expression in mm-hmm. front of you. Like that, even just that is huge. That takes practice, right? So they need. Trust, safety. Why do you think that is? What is it? It's interesting that um, because men can't relate to that. We don't think about that. We don't need that stuff. Right. You don't. We walk outside the house at 10 p.m. at night to take out the garbage. We don't think twice. That's not in our reality. So what is it? Oh, it's just we're we're constantly bombarded by people trying to grab our. Can I curse on here? Yes, you can. Grab our pussies, you know, to make a a timely reference to the universe in America today, and making us uh, trade sex for opportunity and date rape, and you know, like there's just so many things that happen to women mm. that don't happen to men. And also, what's interesting too, I, I talk a lot about estrogen and testosterone, the two th- the things that make us different and perfect for each other. And by the way, if you're same sex or gender non-binary person, just understand that you started out with one or the other of these dominant hormones and fit yourself into this conversation however you need to because you are fully supported in this conversation. But for us, we need to talk in terms of polarity, the masculine and the feminine and the magnetic attraction between them. So whoever's playing masculine and whoever's playing feminine keep on keeping on with that. That's all good. But when you're talking about dominance, you're also talking about not submission, but surrender. Someone's holding the safe frame and leading and directing. And the other person is receiving, surrendering, and following. That's how it works. So there's a mathematical equation for desire, and it is trust and safety, that you know, comfort, plus variety, novelty, danger, whatever, you know, the safety and the novelty, that plus that equals desire. That's why monogamous relationships get boring because you have a lot of safety and no novelty and variety. So how do we add that into the mix? What part? The, var- uh, the variety, the danger. Well, the variety right? is what you're going to be providing when you are controlling the sex scene, if you will. 
like you're going to take control of it. So the first things that you want to do is you want to make sure that your woman is, first of all, that you're going to run the bedroom game and that you want her to give you the allowance to get her into her orgasmic, I always call it like a a zone. You've got to get her into the zone. And then when you have her in the zone, you're going to take care of everything so that she can surrender to her pleasure with you. Because when you can get a woman to surrender, women are so massively multi-orgasmic and women can come in so many different ways. And so much of the way that they get turned on is through the mind as well as through the erogenous zones that what you're really thinking about is a combination of leading her mind and stimulating her body. So I really want to capture all of that in this conversation. And when you say, I've got you, baby, you can tell me anything. You don't have to use your manners. Just shout it out and I'll adjust. Don't worry, you won't hurt my feelings. I got you, baby. Like just that, I got you, baby. Everything is okay is so opening to a woman. Well, that's the safety. That's safety right there. You were telling her, you're safe. I got you. You're safe. There's no harm. Nothing's going to go wrong. You're okay. And then that gives her the freedom to like you said, I like that surrender. That's interesting because you always think dominant, submissive, dominant, submissive, and you're saying no. You are providing a dominant role so she can surrender. And it's not about... I don't know much about submission, but I know submission is a little bit more like, you know, I'll do whatever you want kind of thing. I'm submitting to you, but it's different. Where I'm hearing surrender is, I'm going to just let you... Relax. Yes, exactly. Let you relax and let it just go. Here's how arousal works. Arousal, what you want to do is you want to get her going and you want to, you don't want to drive her too hard. So this, this is always the issue with you testosterones is you drive her too hard, too fast. That's why, so you want her to immediately touch your dick because that calms you down. That's like, oh, good. All right. Yeah. She's going to She's going to touch my dick. We're going to play with my dick. My dick's going to get some act. Okay. I'm, I'm less, ah, you know, where for her, if you grab her crotch before you've stroked her hair, kissed her face, loved her, verbally encouraged her and told her how beautiful she is and done those kinds of things, then you're not going to get her where you need to go. You have to, I don't know what a good analogy is. Trip, give me one. For it's not just like you know stomping the gas and shooting the nitrous out the back of the car. That's not what you want to do. That's the opposite. So men are a switch, women are a dial. Yeah. Right. They have to be turned up. It's a dial, right? It's like you're turning up the volume. You turn it up slow, and then you finally get there. That's how women are. For a guy. It's a light switch. We're just like, boom, we're, we're there. It's just how it is. So it yes. takes a little bit more. And this is why I would say this is why it's important to hold the dominant frame because that is what is turning up the dial. 
right? That's yeah. that's kind of that's part of your equation that you said. That's part of getting that desire going. It takes a little bit more, and that connects to what we were saying before: safety, comfort. That in any situation, that's never a switch because you don't know. It takes a little bit to feel safe. No one's instantly safe. It takes time. It takes time to feel comfortable. No one's ever instantly comfortable. It takes time. It's like here's another analogy: you're freezing cold outside. You want to come in and you want to get warm. You come in, you're still kind of cold. You slowly start to finally feel warm. It's not instant, right? It takes time. That's just how women are wired. It's just how it is. Well said about the cold to warm. Spoken like a true Midwestern man. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's true. I know. I know. And you're on the West Coast. So you're like, it's warm every day. I'm in Cali, baby. So (laughs) let's talk about arousal again very quickly. The foundation of arousal is actually relaxation. If you start driving her too fast, then she's not going to go the distance and you're not going to achieve her full orgasmic capacity and her full surrender. So holding her is very important, stroking her hair and doing, imagine a bullseye. And you know how it has the ring on the outside and then the ring in the middle and then the ring and then the bullseye, right? It's concentric circles to the center. You have to start on the outside of her and work your way in. If her genitals and breasts are the center, you want to start on her hair, her feet, her arms, her back, her belly, her legs, and work your way into arousal. And arousal is a stair-stepping type of a thing. If you're just constantly on her, then you're going to blow out her nervous system. But if you take her up, and give her a tiny rest, and then take her up again, and give her a tiny rest, and take her up again. And this is all with stimulation, whether that's your hands, your tongue, your penis, at whatever stage you are in the the scene of the lovemaking date, you are always going to give a little and then pull back just a bit, because then she'll reach for it, and that actually takes her turn on even higher. So the patient man is the most able to get the woman to the highest peaks of her pleasure potential. Women tend to rush you because they need to learn to slow down to have better orgasms as well. Another thing that's really important is getting her genitals fully engorged, where that means filled with blood, erect, swollen, tumescent. We we women have as much erectile tissue in our genitals as male bodied lovers have in theirs. So you have a penis with full of spongy tissue and only half of it shows. You've got another 50% of your penis inside your abdomen. She has pretty much 100%, 98% of her erectile tissue is in not just the clitoral tip of her clitoral structure, but the shaft, the legs, and the arms, and they drape around the vaginal opening. And then the G spot, which isn't a spot, it's a sponge that goes up along the top of the vagina, and the perineal sponge along the bottom of the vagina surround that whole area outside the lips, the labia. They're all erectile tissue. And so more manual touch, more pressing and squeezing, more licking, more sucking before entry is super, super important. And then when you finally do penetrate her, super slow. So she's begging for it. You got to pull back, slow down. You've got to resist every 
urge that your testosterone uses to control your actions for speed. You got to put a governor on that if you want to get her to levels of orgasmic bliss that she is capable of. So those are some important early concepts in the whole like running the bedroom scene type of thing. And then another important piece of it is the notion of having a game plan, which I like to call vision, having a vision. And that is, okay, I'm going to slowly ramp her up. I'm going to take her up, rest her, take her up, rest her, take her up. I'm keeping a meta mind on the whole scene while simultaneously being very present to what I'm doing with her, how I'm emotionally connecting to her, how I'm looking her in the eyes, how I'm using my voice, how I'm encouraging her, how I'm showing her the pleasure she's creating for me, not just doing her, but being with her. So you kind of, this is practice makes perfect stuff too, because you don't start out being able to juggle all of that. You get good at it over time. That meta mind becomes unconscious competence of running the bedroom game so that your own pleasure can start to really be the thing that drives her to the next level because she is a tuning fork for your turn on. So you know how a tuning fork, if if you have two tuning forks and you tap one and hold it next to the other one, it starts to vibrate. That's how your turn on is for her. You want to turn her on, you show her how turned on she makes you. You show her how turned on you are. And we could have a whole nother section on premature ejaculation and stamina, by the way, because that's another piece that men have to manage. But the more you slow down, the more you allow yourselves to ramp up, the easier that is for you too, because one in four men have issues with stamina. They want to last longer. And so this is another way to do that is by slowing down and staying present and lowering your nervousness and increasing your emotional connection, connecting your cock and your heart when you're with a woman. And that takes practice too. So those are some more pieces I wanted to lay in as well. And then when you're ready, we can go to, okay, what are some of the actual like ravishy things you can do? Yeah, let's go into it. I think we're there. Okay. I love it. <laughs> All right, great. So there are a lot of things that you can do. So for example, a good kind of a pacing sex date is starting by setting what I like to call the lover space. The lover space is, and this is the beginning of your, the beginning of your ma- masculine sexual dominance actually goes back to you setting up the date and then getting her to the place, whether that's you, you will hold her hand and you know pick her up and carry her to the bedroom, or hold her hand and walk her to the bedroom, or you've done some pacing over texting and you've had dinner, or whatever your lead up and your pre foreplay are, you've done those things to let her know that you find her really sexy, you really like her as a person, you're really looking forward to pleasuring her, and you're open to hearing her feedback. That's one thing. And let me know if you want me to give your guys some things. I've got a sexual, a bedroom communication technique that works great on women. I've got a how to hold women technique. They're all gratis. So if you want links to anything, let me know. Great. 
The second thing that you want to do is when you create this lover space, what you're doing is you're creating the environment for her relaxation because you want her to get aroused and get out of her head. Because estrogen has a monkey mind and it's got its its attention on a million things where the testosterone masculine brain can really focus full speed ahead much better. The feminine has a hard time getting out of her head and into her body. And you want to facilitate that by doing a few things. And different women like different things and you can find out what they are. But some examples are, if you're going to make love in your bedroom, switch the light bulbs in your room to orange 15 watt CFL party bulbs. It creates a beautiful glow that makes her look gorgeous in the light so she feels sexier. Make sure that your sheets are clean. Put a waterproof sheet over top of your bedding, like a fitted sheet you get on Amazon, and then put another fitted sheet on top of that so you can get as much lube and ejaculate and drool and everything you want all over everywhere. And she can just surrender. She doesn't have to worry about getting anything dirty or, or whatever because women worry about that. The music, the playlist. You have a playlist that's going to go from romantic to totally slutty over a course of time. That's at a good volume. Do you have a pitcher of water? Do you have some strawberries and watermelon and things like that? Does this make you less masculine? No. What this says is this man is a provider. This man has his shit dialed in. This man cares about me and went the extra effort for my pleasure. That is the kind of man a woman wants. So you have all these things. You've got a stack of soft, clean towels. You've got nice organic lubes. You've got everything you need to basically have hot sex for hours. You could get her some lingerie and you could say, I want you to put this on for me. I want to see how sexy you look. I want you to spin around and show me how you look. You look beautiful, baby. You're so sexy. I love your hot body. I don't know whether I like your ass or your breasts better. You're just the sexiest woman to me. I don't know what it is about you, but you make me crazy turned on. You know, you just want to keep this kind of like running appreciation. And what you want to do too, because verbal is frame control. You you definitely want to toggle back and forth, just like where you're toggling her nervous system, where you're taking her up and then giving her a rest and taking her up and giving her a rest and taking her up and giving her a rest. The same verbally, if it's all just dirty talk, she will contract because then she's like, oh, you only like me for sex. But if you tell her some things that you like about her generally, as well as things that you like about her, you know, sexually, she wants to be adored and found sexually irresistible in equal measure. You got to kind of balance that or it gets lopsided and then it takes her energy down. So do you have some examples of, of both of those, like what that looks like? Yeah. Baby, you're so beautiful. I love being with you. You're such a special woman. I'm so lucky to have you in my life. I feel like I'm the luckiest man to have met you. With your skin feels so good under my hands. You're you just feel I feel so you feel so good inside you. Your breasts are so gorgeous. They're so succulent. I just love sucking on them. The way your nipples pop out is so fucking hot to me. You know, whatever you Whatever is true for you, you you say what is true for you. 
And I know that it's difficult for you as a man to articulate things, which is why when you just say the things you see, when you're just observant and you just speak your truth, it feels very authentic to her and it's very encouraging for her. You want to keep encouraging her to open to you. Come on, baby, open to me. Dance a little bit for me. It's just us. Let me see that beautiful body. Shake that ass, baby. You, oh yeah, rub it in, rub it in my crotch. I love that. Mm, you feel so good. You know, just that kind of stuff. It's really nice. Women like that a lot. Women like to be sexually objectified as long as you also respect them and adore them, right? So you can objectify the hell out of her as long as you're also telling her great things that are not the sexy parts of her. And you can up the objectification during the bedroom time as long as you've done a high amount of the outside the bedroom adoration. That really helps. It really calms us down. Estrogen is a worry molecule where you're so confident, you don't worry about things, but women worry. And so we need you. That's part of your masculine safety and holding us and making it great and safe. You know, that like you just cannot imagine how important that is for us, that we are good girls for you. So the next thing that I think is really important is when you want to move a woman's emotions, you move her body, which means you can pick her up, you can lift her around, you can tell her what sex positions you want to do. You know, you pick her up, you put her on the bed and you say, okay, lie down right there. Now spread your legs. I'm putting these pillows under you. I'm going to, or whatever, lie down right here. I'm going to hold you for a while and stroke your hair first. Whatever is going to match your needs in your relationship, whatever you're comfortable with at the time. But I always think holding a woman and then stroking her full body to turn on all that proprioceptive sensual grid, kissing her, stroking her, kissing her lips, not just sticking your tongue straight in. You're doing that bullseye technique where you're starting from the outside and you're working your way in. So you don't just like stick your tongue in her mouth. You get her lips warmed up. You kiss her neck. You kiss her clavicles, you know, her across her chest. And you touch her breasts from the outside. You cup them. You don't just start tweaking her nipples, right? You, you really want to work your way in. And as you're doing these things, she's getting more and more turned on because you're not driving her so hard that she can get her arousal up. Rubbing her genitals, right? Really giving her a good genital massage before you go down on her, bringing all that blood in and then going down on her before you even think about penetration. Maybe even having her go down on you and, you know, like stroking her face with your penis, rubbing your penis on her lips, tapping it on her face, slapping her cheek with it. You know, things like that are hot for her and hot for you. And it makes it really nice. And you can talk her through it. Yeah, baby, now harder. Okay, just go a little bit longer. Okay, now put your hand down there. Yeah, yeah, tickle my balls. Like giving her direction is masculine sexual leadership. That's what she wants. She needs direction. So that's very helpful for her when you tell her what to do. And then things like You could lay her down on the bed and you could get on top of her. So you're very dominating, you're over her. And you could take her hands and you could pin them above her head and hold one hand across both of her wrists and then one hand propping yourself up. And you've got her hands trapped 
and you're making out with her. So you're kissing her face and then you're kissing her lips and then you're kissing her neck and then you're sticking your tongue in just a little and then you're moving around, right? So it's so you're coming back, you're going back and forth before you're really going like super sloppy, wet kisses. And another thing that women really like is they like to be held by the hair, but never so it hurts, only so it's secure. You embody security in all your moves. You've got her. She's never going to fall off the bed. You're never going to pull her hair. You know, and hey, you might, you might pull her hair or something like, oh, she's like, oh, baby. It's like, Sorry, honey. Is this better? Like, okay, baby, how's this? Right? You just, it doesn't fluster you. You just keep going. You're rolling forward. You're taking her on a ride. She's riding your ride. She's doing what you say. You get her under in the back of the neck, the nape of the neck. You hold that hair between your fingers and just put a little tension on it, just a bit of that hair at the nape of the neck with a little curl to your fingers. And you've got some tension, but no pulling. You're not pulling her hair at the ends. You're not pulling it off the scalp. You're just right up there, slightly off the scalp with a bit of hair in your hands, holding her head down. Maybe you're pinning her shoulders down. Maybe you're, you know, pushing her legs back. You are moving her. You're telling her what to do. Baby, now get up on all fours. That's it. Lay your head on the pillow. Okay. How's that feel? All right. Let me put some lube on you now. How does that feel, baby? Is that enough? All right. Here I come. You know, like you're just guiding her and leading her verbally, physically, emotionally. You're there and you're taking her higher and higher. And Anytime she gives you feedback, you say, thank you, baby. Got it. How's this? Harder still? Lighter still? Do you want it softer or harder? Which one of these feels better? Give her two options. Don't expect her to tell you what to do. Give her two choices. That's called two option leading. So when you give her two choices, do you want it harder or slower? faster or smoother, whatever. It doesn't really matter. She'll be like, uh, can I have it harder and smoother? Yes, baby. Thank you. Because every time you thank her, you're a man who has confidence enough to get feedback and you've acknowledged her, you're keeping her safe and you're encouraging her to tell you more because nothing is going to ruffle you because you're a confident man in charge of the situation, who's watching out for her. So those are some some examples for you. Just some, just a few. <laughs> no, that was a lot. That was great. I just feel like even if someone who's listening just takes a couple of these ideas, and I really hope that whoever is listening right now has been taking notes. And if you're not listening to this again, take more notes. There's so... I, I mean, all that was great. That was amazing. All that stuff is exactly what to do. You could use even one or two of those things and just blow a woman's mind in the bedroom, right? So if you continue to work on this, and like you said, practice, 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 you're not going to get all this right the first time. It's going to be a little nerve-wracking the first time, but that's okay because you're going to get more comfortable over time. So it's kind of like you're going through a process of making her feel comfortable and you're becoming more comfortable with the process itself. So it just takes time repeating it over and over and over. That was awesome. Out of all that just gold right there, where should a guy start with this? Is it a mindset? Is there a technique? 
where does a man start with this whole process? I'd actually like to make one caveat before I answer that question about where does a guy start with this process? Yeah. So I have one caveat about this, and it's I want to address choking and I want to address spanking because I see both of them done very poorly most of the time. And I see a lot of things on social media about choking and things like this, and it's a concept gone bad. It's information cascade where one person picks it up and then the next person says it and the next person says it, and it's freaking wrong. (laughs) So let's fix that too, because a lot of times when people think about ravishing or dominance or what have you, they're thinking about these things that are a little bit more aggressive. So choking. You don't want to choke a person. And the name is the wrong name. When you're ravishing a woman and you're holding her, she does like, maybe when you're having sex with her, she likes to be held down. Maybe when you have her riding you cowgirl style, you're pulling her up and down on top of you, like you're moving her body. Maybe when you have her on her back, you are holding her neck while you're kissing her or holding her neck while you're having intercourse with her, making love to her. The way that you hold a woman's neck, there's erectile tissue on both sides of the neck here, as well as the lips and in her throat and the tip of her nose, which is why a woman can orgasm from going down on a guy because there's erectile tissue in her throat that gives her an orgasmic response because her throat is attached to her yoni, to her vaginal canal. And all of that contracts at one time. It's a sphincter system. So when she's coming here, she's coming here at the same time. And women get better and better at feeling those distinctions, the more orgasms they have. So this erectile tissue likes to be held. But what you want to do is you want to take that notch that's between your thumb and your pointer finger, the soft part that where your thumb goes down to the base of your hand, where it attaches to your hand. And that is essentially the area that is over the windpipe. And it never presses on the windpipe. You never want to (laughs) cut off her circulation or press on the front of her neck. You want to cup it and squeeze the sides of her neck and rest that there, or even rest it up higher, up under her chin in the soft spot where her neck meets her head and her chin juts out. There's that soft skin. You can put that soft spot of your thumb hand part up under there, squeeze the sides of her neck and push her down and hold her down without exerting any pressure on her windpipe. That's a, that's, you know how when a mother cat picks up her kitten and holds them by the neck and the kitten goes limp and the kitten knows the mom knows how to hold her? And she trusts that she can pick her up like that and move her. That's the feeling you want to get with your woman when you're holding her down. Women like to be held down if you hold them correctly. And hey, she could move and you could, you know, make her cough a little and you could say, baby, baby, sorry, I I never want to make you cough. And she'll be like, that's okay, honey. It's no big deal. It's impossible to know where the pressure is, right? Like that's the conversation. That's the kind of bedroom conversation you want to be having. It's like, oh, babe, sorry, honey. I don't want to do that. You know, like you, you're caring for her. And that's, uh, that's important. And then on spanking, 
It takes a while to warm up the butt cheeks. Spanking is wonderful. You don't want to spank the vulva until you've spanked the buttocks, the butt cheeks. And small spanks start with taps, no slaps. Slaps hurt. Smacks are solid and firm, and you want to do them lightly, and you want to rub, and you want to get the butt cheeks warmed up. And then you can work your way into closer to her vulva and enliven that tissue. Because remember, what you're doing is you're engorging. You're bringing blood flow. Blood flow is everything with sex. If your woman's not having orgasms, she's not getting enough blood flow, most likely. So you're a fluffer, basically. You're fluffing that whole genital system up all the time, the entire frame of that sex state, because that's what's going to make her have the best orgasm she's ever had. And women can have orgasms from spankings, from blowjobs, from breast play, from stomach massages, from foot rubs, from telling us we're going to come. Like We are massively multi-orgasmic if you can bring it out of us. So those were two of the things I wanted to say was a spanking is not just three spanks and you're out. It's a warm-up session of butt cheek tissue. And when you think about it that way, and when you think about choking isn't choking, it's pinning her in that safe and secure but dominating way. Perfect. I had to get yeah. this out. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm glad that you did because I know that those are common ways of being dominant in the bedroom. Those are common things that people do in the bedroom. And they're, they can be dangerous, right? You could hurt someone. So they need to know how to do it right so it works properly. No, I'm glad that we went over that. So circling back to what I was saying before yeah, where does is... Start? Yeah, where do they start? Where do they start so they can kind of know where to go from here with this, uh, like I said, gold of information? Yeah. The first place I'd start is setting up that lover space, getting your woman to feel completely relaxed in the bedroom with you, establishing the communication technique, this communication technique I described where she can say anything, it's not going to ruffle you, and you're always going to say thank you. So she wants and is encouraged to give you feedback so you can do a better job. Feedback isn't failure, it's knowledge, and knowledge is power. Those are two things. So establishing establishing those things. Then next, I would try some of the small stuff like holding her, getting good at holding her, getting good at being present and lowering your own cortisol levels and connecting with her, talking in a low voice. And whenever you feel a little stressed and your voice starts to rise like, Arr! you just go, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, your voice is low again. It brings you back into that sexy Barry White register. So working just on those things, working on the outside in piece of things. So you're, oh, I see. I shouldn't just grab her pussy. <laughs> oh, that's good news. Okay, I'm going to start there. <laughs> I'm going to start to try to stroke her body and stroke her hair and kiss her a little bit and tell her how beautiful she is. So starting with those things and building your, building your way up and maybe trying one of those really dominant techniques during a lovemaking session, you know, like pinning her down or picking her up or directing her to do something or and just see how she responds. And, and you can even say to her and future pace it, say to her, to 
today when we make love in this session, I'm going to give you a couple of directions and I want you to follow them because I want to play a little like, you know, dominant surrender pleasure techniques. Another thing that you can do, and some women like this and some women hate it, is daddy. Who's your daddy? Being the daddy. You know, come on over here to daddy. Get on my lap. Give me a little kiss. I'd say 85% of women love it. 15% of women are like, that is disgusting. (laughs) So you kind of have to feel your way through that one. You can be like, you want to play daddy and little girl tonight? And if she's like, no, I do not say, okay, babe, I just thought we'd give it a try. How about cowboys and Indians? Or how about nurses and doctors? Or you know, have an alternative backup and test it. I think that's the best way to go. Awesome. I love it. You are a wealth of information. <laughs> Susan, intimacy expert. If guys want to learn more about what you offer in terms of more information, where can they find you? And where should we direct them? A couple places. I have a YouTube channel, just like you do, Trip. It's called Better Lover. So if you just go to betterlover.com, it takes you right to my YouTube channel. I've got a lot more stuff on polarity and masculine sexual leadership and dominance and penetration orgasms and orgasmic blowjobs and stamina sex positions and so many things, as well as things like penis enlargement and how to use penis pumps. I mean, I'm really into men's sexual health. So that's good, better lover. And then I'm on the gram. Some of my more personal stuff is on the gram at Susan Bratton, S-U-S-A-N-B-R-A-T-T-O-N, Susan Bratton. Those are two good places. And then if you want that hug technique, you can go to soulmateembrace.com and download a free PDF that walks you through the steps of how to hold a woman like she's never been held before to begin that process of arousal like she's never had from any other man and has always wanted. And the sexual soulmate pact is that communication agreement where you can get her to really start telling you what feels good so you can be the most incredible lover she's ever had. Awesome. I'm going to make sure we put all those links in the show notes. So for you who's listening and you want more information, go check those out. Susan, was way too long. was way too long to have you back on the show. I'm glad that we had you back. And I think we should do it again much sooner because like I said, you got so much to share. And even I learned so much stuff in there and I'm very grateful for it. So thank you for being on today. It was my pleasure, Trip. It's always a joy to be with you. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. 